Okay, so we speak with Simon this hour? Yes, we do indeed. Let's cross to Simon now. He's uh, our U.S. Bureau Chief in Washington, D.C., standing by. Simon, good morning. Good morning to both of you. You are the last thing standing between me and my weekend. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, the potatoes are in right. the oven. That's quite all right. <laughs> A drink in hand. <laughs> well, almost, I'm sure. But uh, thanks, Simon, once yes. again for joining us. Um, let's just start off with that uh, nuclear power plant. Uh, Russian troops, of course, in Ukraine, seizing Europe's largest nuclear power plant. Now, that earlier fire was extinguished, and there are reports that no, there are no immediate signs of a radiation leak. Yeah, but it was a very, very nervous few hours and a real illustration of just how rapidly uh, things in this conflict could really spin out of control. This is Europe's largest nuclear power plant. It's got six reactors. Uh, and at one point, as it came under intensive Russian shelling on uh, Thursday night, the Ukrainian foreign minister was warning that if things went wrong, it could be 10 times worse than Chernobyl. The uh, 1986 uh, reactor meltdown that was the world, the worst nuclear accident the world has ever seen. Uh, so there were really some extremely tense hours. President Biden leaping on the phone, calling uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, talking also to his top national security uh, advisor, his top nuclear security advisor, I should say, uh, in a bid to understand uh, precisely uh, what the risk was of things going badly wrong. In the event, we learnt that the fire was not actually in one of the reactors, but mercifully uh, was outside the building's perimeter in a uh, building that was used for training. Uh, the Ukrainian fire fighters were prevented from reaching the building uh, by Russian forces that continued uh, to shell the power, power plant. Uh, at least three Ukrainian uh, servicemen lost their lives uh, in those clashes. Uh, the Russians are claiming that they now control uh, the power plant. The immediate risk of any kind of nuclear alert has uh, absolutely dissipated. There is also a backup electricity power station uh, nearby that would kick in. Uh, to provide emergency uh, power to cool any nuclear core that began to overheat. But again, mercifully, none of that happened. However, the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency today, and a host of other world leaders urged the Russians to avoid attacking nuclear plants, called for coordination between the Russians and Ukrainians in a bid to try and secure Ukraine's nuclear facilities. And there's been one sort of chink of daylight uh, over the last few hours in that we have learnt that a hotline that has been set up between the Pentagon and senior Russian military figures is now operational. It's uh, an effort at deconfliction that will see, uh, hopefully, the Pentagon being advised of some degree of tactical uh, activities by the Russians in Ukraine. I mean, we know it's working because the American side said today they had placed a call and today to check it out and someone at the other end from the Russian side had picked up. So at least there is that vague hope that the slippery slope that could lead to what uh, the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov warned this week would become World War III is perhaps not going to be quite as slippery in future as it appeared to be just uh, just over 24 hours ago. 
Simon, the UN Secretary General is actually warning that Russia's military attacks on Ukraine are only likely to intensify in the days ahead. Yeah, a very downbeat assessment from mm. Jen Stoltenberg at NATO headquarters today, partly fueled by, of course, the most recent phone conversation that Vladimir Putin had today uh, with the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, in which he absolutely denied that Russian forces are engaged in any uh, civil rights atrocities in Ukraine, are in any sense targeting civilian uh, blocks of flats or hospitals, despite copious evidence to prove uh, that that is the case. He also denied that they're using cluster bombs and other uh, banned munitions, again, despite copious independently gathered evidence to show that is the case uh, with uh, at least uh, some US officials now publicly saying that war crimes uh, inquiries and investigations need to begin into Russia's conduct in Ukraine uh, President Putin told the German Chancellor today all of that video and all of those reports are fake news and misinformation being concocted by the West so the conclusion that uh, NATO has drawn is that Russian, the, the Russians are doubling down mm. on this plan to try and topple President Zelensky and his government. And Jen Stoltenberg said that the world needed to be braced for a massive increase in the intensity uh, of Russia's military efforts in the days ahead, more firepower being brought to the battlefield. Remember, there is that very long military convoy uh, about 30 uh, kilometers outside the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. The Americans say they believe that it has been stalled due to a lack of food, a lack of fuel, and on the part of some Russian soldiers, a lack of motivation. But there is still a massive, massive threat uh, to the Ukrainian capital and uh, to President uh, Zelensky, who remains in Kiev. Yeah, and other areas, of course, of Ukraine, Simon, uh, Russian, the Russians seizing uh, Kherson in the south yesterday, and now their airstrikes are hitting Chernihiv. Yeah, so uh, Kherson was the first big gain that the Russians uh, have uh, notched up, uh, the first major population centre that is now under Russian control. Kharkiv is not, uh, despite having come in for intense bombardment. And of course, Kiev is still uh, holding out, even though it's running out of food, water and other critical supplies. Although there were some uh, new anti-tank uh, weapons delivered to the Ukrainians today uh, by the international community. Chernihiv has been the scene of just devastating uh, video images. Uh, first of all, cluster bombs that the Russians fired at a hospital in the city. Uh, just her her horrific videos on social media so showing uh, a relatively calm neighborhood of the city that suddenly uh, erupted uh, in explosions as these cluster bombs landed and started killing people. But then Ukrainian forces also hit back. And again, uh, there is really uh, deeply disturbing uh, video from the battlefield that shows the extent of the Russian losses uh, there. And it is evident that this Ukrainian resistance uh, to the Russian military onslaught was not part of Vladimir Putin's calculation. The Russians 
uh, as President Biden put it this week, underestimated not only Ukraine's uh, resolve to resist their invasion, but also under, underestimated Western unity and the determination of the United States to rally uh, its allies and partners in NATO and in Europe in ways that have now really cost Vladimir Putin very, very uh, dearly, certainly in economic terms. Simon, let's head to the U.S., where President Joe Biden has announced that the administration has finalized a new Buy American rule, and this is aimed at helping boost domestic manufacturing. Yeah, so we knew this was coming. It's actually interesting because it's one of the few areas where Donald Trump and Joe Biden agree. Uh, they both have campaigned uh, over the last few years uh, on a platform of making sure that more uh, American products are manufactured in the United States and that the federal government particularly has requirements to buy America, uh, American. Uh, this new rule is changing the definition of made in America. Up until now, uh, you could stamp uh, any product made in America, providing that it was manufactured using 55% of US made parts. So the other 45% could come from other places and it could still be made in America. Well, the Biden administration is increasing that percentage to 60% this year. Uh, 65% in January of 2024 and 75% by January of 2029. So by uh, the end of the decade, if you want to call your product American made, it will need to be made from 75% of components that are uh, made in the United States. The federal government uh, spends more than $600 billion a year and is required uh, wherever it's possible to buy American from American contractors and manufacturers. So President Biden is hoping to use the federal government's buying power to boost uh, this effort uh, in turn to boost the whole concept of buying American. Simon, just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's go to some figures now. Just in hiring in the U.S. increased last month. Employers adding almost 700,000 jobs, about 678,000, as falling cases, uh, COVID-19 cases, brought workers and customers back. Yeah, and the Biden administration hailed that, uh, despite all the dreadful news that was dominating the headlines here about Ukraine, as clear evidence uh, of the economic recovery, with the unemployment rate falling to 3.8 percentage points. Uh, the markets uh, were down on the day, influenced more by Ukraine than they were by the jobs numbers. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average off half a percentage point, the S&P down three quarters of a percentage point, and the Nasdaq down just over one and a half percentage points in value. Uh, um, they will be waiting to see next week whether there's more positive economic data that might outweigh the bad news from Ukraine. Also on the minds of investors, uh, Jerome Powell's indication that he favours at the Fed uh, a quarter percentage point increase in interest rates sooner rather than later. So, you know, mixed news, uh, good news in terms of those job numbers, dreadful news from Ukraine. And you could really seeing, see it weighing on the financial markets here. Uh, on the final day of the week's trading. Simon, as always, thank you so much for speaking to us from Washington, D.C., and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. Talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Simon Marks, our U.S. Bureau Chief.